Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. This is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Eva Wyatt. And today we're going to be looking at something that is kind of a pretty big hot topic controversy, controversial issue, and that is we're going to be kind of, oh, comparing egalitarianism, complementarianism, and authoritarianism. It's important. There. Yeah, yeah, I mean... It's important that you understand all the isms, and I think it's really important to understand all three perspectives of this kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when it comes to these three things, we're really going to be looking at mostly uh, the family is where this is not, well, yeah, kind of the family. It's foundational to everything, isn't it? Yeah, it's foundational to everything. We're going to be looking at the family and church and different things like that. but what in the world are these three things talking about? Well, what are kind of a, some working definitions of uh, complementarianism, egalitarianism, and authoritarianism? And you can take them at, at any order you want. Just let us know which one you're talking about. Egalitarianism. I, okay. I kind of like that one, egalitarian. <laughs> so egalitarian is some, an idea that the person's the egalitarian is not seeking equal opportunity or equal start. They're seeking an equal outcome. So they don't really care if you're starting equally or not. They don't take into consideration that some people work harder or there's more merit or some people are more intelligent. I mean, let's face it, they are. Um, Some people are more gifted in certain areas. I mean, uh, you look at a professional athlete compared to an average citizen, they have physical gifts that most of us don't have. Um, All these things being taken into that consideration is they don't want you to excel because that would be unfair to the person that's not excelling. So hard work, ambition, these sort of things are cast aside. They want equal outcomes. All of us should cross the finish line at the same time, holding hands, that sort of thing. That's what egalitarian is. So it's, it demotivates. It actually punishes achievement because no matter how hard you work, they want us all to be the same. And that is unjust. That is unfair. And that is ultimately destructive because every place it's tried, it stifles uh, ingenuity, it stifles competition, all these sorts of things where we're all just, no matter if I work hard or not, I'm going to get the same place. Why then would I want to work hard? It takes away a person's dignity and their sense of self-worth. That's egalitarianism. Okay, so now this is, uh, the, this is an interesting idea. So you're looking at uh, equal outcome, yep. not equal opportunity. Right. Now, uh, e- equality, I think, is a very, very good thing. In fact, um, I recently was, was writing about this idea a little bit that that e- equality is good as long as we're talking about equal opportunity, not equal outcome. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. Nobody should be unfairly held back from opportunity. That That's not just either. That's unjust. Right. Now, how, how does this kind of compare to um, complementarianism? Now, complementarianism is the Bible ordained, as I understand it, roles of men and women. Right. Yep. Okay. So the Bible has certain areas where men are given authority. And that's not to say dictatorship or dictatorial authority, because all authority is delegated from God to, to whomever, to, to government, to people, to individuals to the family, the father, the mother, and within churches, all these things are delegated authorities. So men have their area, and we were designed a certain way. We are different physiologically. Our chemical makeup is different than women. Um, And women are given their areas where they have their, um, I guess you could say in in the church, their ministry, in the family, certainly their place alongside the husband, assisting. Mm -hmm. In Genesis, 
Adam was given a helper. Right? Help me. Yep. Yeah, not yep. a slave. Right. A Help helper. Me. So um, that's it. So the Bible has definitive views, which goes against the world's idea of the, with the feminist movement and the egalitarianism, that we're all the same, that we can all, women can do the same thing as men, men can do the same thing as women, when in fact the Bible says there's specific areas and, and there is a little bit of a difference, well, more, more than a little bit, there is a difference between what men are expected and what God expects of women. Right. Now, the third one then would be authorit authoritarianism. Yeah. Now, what in the world uh, would that be, as specifically with the idea of um, men and women's relationship? Well, I, I think of authoritarian. I, I think of these leftist governments, typically Marxist-based or Islamic, where there's abs This is what's dictatorial. So this is where the person or persons in charge dictate to everyone else how things are going to be. There's no individual rights. There's no individual opinion. You will do as you're told. There is no discussion. There is no compromise. You will do as you're instructed to do. Authoritarianism. And that typically when it manifests itself in a government form is very brutal on the population, specifically to those that don't go along, but even to those that do. You live a very mm -hmm. Spartan lifestyle, always in fear of that you might displease somebody in a higher level position of which you could pay actually with your life for that sort of thing. Right. So that's so that's the, the three kind of ideas. Now, the, the reason I bring this up is because there's something that kind of, well, broke the Internet. <laughs> yeah, I saw I, a little I, bit on that, yeah. You, you know, actually, I don't know if that's really a, a, you know, a hip phrase anymore or not, but, but back when I was a youngin, that was, that was what everybody said. Oh, way said. back it, when. Yeah, it broke the Internet. Uh, but, but this is Beth Moore <laughs> uh, was, was going to preach on Mother's Day. And this really brought this debate to light, especially as it came, comes within the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, we're not Southern Baptists, but it's hard to ignore the Southern Baptists. Uh, for, for one, man, they complain like nobody. Oh, no, that's not why it's hard to ignore the Southern Baptists. Uh, but, but no, they, they are <laughs> a very big... We have brothers in the Southern Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, They're a very big and, and powerful voting block, and often it is the heartbeat of uh, evangelicalism or... Yep. Uh, anything that would be in the umbrella of conservative Christianity yep. is generally being led by Southern Baptists. Uh, they, they have a lot of the seminaries. Um, they, uh, they, they have a lot of influence both politically and spiritually. And so this was a big thing, what was happening with Beth Moore. Now, uh, typically what has happened is that the Southern Baptist Convention has uh, rested in the idea of complementarianism and I mean, perhaps there were some accusations uh, that they were authoritarian. In fact, I think Beth Moore did say that. In fact, specifically misogynist too. Um, yeah. But I, I think that their goal has always been complementarianism. Um, but she started pushing for egalitarianism, which means the idea of equal outcomes. So. Uh, though she would have the equal opportunity, we believe, complementarianisms would, would be, uh, believe to go and to have the, the opportunity to go and to serve the Lord, the outcome is a little bit different because it's not in the same positions uh, that, that a man would have. And I think that's important to note, and this is something that keeps getting kicked around. We start looking at the world's opinions rather than the Bible for the theology on this issue. The question is, either, it's this, and there's a yes or a no. Is a woman pastorally qualified to be in that position? Does the Bible allow for a female to be the pastor of a church to lead a congregation of men and women? That's the question. What does the Bible say? Not my opinion. 
what is the biblical qualification to be a pastor by God's word as ordained by God? Can a woman be a pastor at a church? Well, let's uh, let's take a look at the qualifications. Let's let's okay. find out. Let's what, go to the Bible. What, yeah, what does Scripture say? First uh, Timothy chapter three. Uh, this is a faithful saying: If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own household well, having his children in submission. Uh, with all reverence, for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, then he must have a good testimony among those who are on the outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So let's let's go over some of these qualifications, okay? Because uh, mm-hmm. we're just looking at this just specifically for the idea of a woman. Okay, first of all, um, could a woman have a good testimony? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, a woman could have a good testimony. Okay, so they could have that. Uh, could a woman, you know, not be a novice? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, no issue there. Um, well, uh, let's see here. Could a woman be sober-minded? Yes, and it's expected of women to be sober-minded, as right. it is of men. Right. Uh, blameless? Yes. Um, desiring a good work? Yes. Okay. Good behavior? A- again, expected, yes, of male or female. Mm-hmm. Hospitable. Oh, absolutely. In fact, that's one mm-hmm. of the things women are expected especially to be. Yeah. Able to teach. Sure. Yeah. Uh, not given to wine. Yes. Not violent. Yes. Not greedy for money. Yes. Gentle. Yes. Another another attribute of women more so than men. Yeah. Not quarrelsome. Yes, correct. Okay. Not covetous. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'm not... so far right now we're yeah. I mean, these qualifications are in place. Right. Oh, but there's a couple others here that maybe bring up some issue. The first one, uh, one who rules his own house well. His own house well. And I noticed when you're reading that, every pronoun was in the masculine. It was always yeah. he, him. Yeah, so there was never they or, or female. It was if, always... If this was the TNIV, it wouldn't be that way. But, yeah, but, but this we is don't... the New King James. So. Yeah, we actually read the faithful translations of the Bible, not the worldly ones. Yeah. Um, We'll get into that idea of ruling his own house well a little bit more, but needless to say, as Patrick pointed out... But not Beth Moore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or Russell. Or Uh, Russell, yes. uh, But the other thing is, is it says here, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Yeah, you really can't be the husband of one wife being a female. No, you can't. And That's the point here is, is not us to, to pick at that. It's to simply tell you what the Bible says and to read it as it says it, not to try to twist it and say, well, this or that or somehow it's corrupted. Well, if the Bible's corrupted, then I guess God's not the God he says he is if he can't keep his word pure and given to us today in the form that he wanted it to be. Right. So man thwarted God or, or whoever, right? Or women, whoever. But no, this is what the Bible says. This is what God wants us to understand. And we are to be obedient in all things. Right. Now, now... This is something that's important when we're looking at this, and, and I want to develop this idea a little bit more here in just a moment, but we're not looking to bash on women. We're not sitting here saying that women don't have their place. We're not sitting here saying that women don't have a vital place. In fact, uh, I, I believe that um, behind every great man is generally an even greater woman. 
Uh, Keeping us in line. Yeah, that's generally how that works. I mean, I, yeah. I am really thankful for my wife. I'm really thankful for Patrick's wife. I mean, and our mothers. Uh, and, yeah, and know, our mothers. Yeah, and definitely. There's a lot of lot of uh, influential females in our lives, women uh, we love, and absolutely. And, yeah. and so, so this isn't a a bashing. This isn't a uh, degrading thing. This is just simply saying that that God chose a place for this, and God chose a place for that. It's, it's not that one is better than the other. It's just that they're different and have different roles. And I think that's important uh, for, for everyone to understand. That's, that's the idea of complementarianism. They're complementing each other. That's that idea. Amazing. Uh, now, egalitarianism is that idea of it's equal. Yeah. Not that they're complementing each other, but that they can be the exact same. Now, authoritarianism would be the idea of a man completely ruling, or it could be in this day and age, actually a woman also, but but one of them That's, going yeah. and having it being uh, unequal and just completely ruling over the other. In fact, um, how does that kind of play out into radical feminism today? Because I think that kind of does fall radical feminism into authoritarianism, doesn't it? Yeah, where that would see, we, we want to force uh, ourselves into position of political power that uh, men are substandard or, or whatever, uh, there are some women that take that point of view, or that they're inferior to women. Um, and again, it completely goes against the created order, as does men trying to lord it over women. God did not intend us to be dictators in this life. And, you know, people, there's there's several people will not take this on very much, because to bring this topic up, especially since it's being pushed so hard right now, you're going to get pushback. You're going to get a lot of blowback. Oh, these guys are misogynists, which, you know, they hate women. They're against women. Once again, we would. Like I really to... love my wife. I'm yeah. just going to say that I, right I now. I can tell that if I, too. If I hated women, I wouldn't have married one. Yeah, and, and it's like, well, these guys are chauvinist. Again, we just read to you from the Bible what the biblical qualifications for. So you can have many opinions in the world. And there's lots of opinions, and this is a worldly opinion, by the way, that the you know we're all equal and women should be let's say in combat roles when that's blatantly not right. That women are just not. Uh, physically made up for combat against right. a man um, and psychologically combat's tough on everybody a lot of men it's not good for I mean it's not good at all but uh, women are not psychologically conditioned for it either and there's a certain set of, of, of inherent risk unique to women in that particular situation or that role but the point here is that the world pushes these sort of silly ideas and I'm gonna say silly because they are when the Bible says one thing God knows best we don't know better than God Right. He doesn't need our opinion. He doesn't need a consensus of us against what he says. When God says something, it's for a purpose. It's in unity with his created order and his design. When we go outside that created order and design, when we start inserting our own thoughts, we go from complementarian to compromise. Right, and that's, that's never a place where we want to be. Well, if you've been enjoying what you've been listening to at the Shining Light Podcast here today, we encourage you to go and to like our Facebook page by typing in The Shining Light Podcast, and also follow us at theshininglightministries.com. Once again, it's theshininglightministries.com. Sign up for our email that comes out every time we put out a new podcast or an article. You get an email if you follow us on our email. You can click right on that uh, in the follow us or about us page. Uh, but also, we want to tell you about a new upcoming project that we have uh, that, that is really exciting. We both uh, were invited to go and to write a chapter in a book about social justice. And this book is called Social Injustice. <laughs> and uh, can you tell us just a little bit about this book here, Patrick? Well, this book is uh, a project that uh, several people have been invited to participate in. And, 
And praise be to God that these are good folk that know what they're talking about. And each person will be writing a chapter. So there are 12 chapters in this book. Therefore, there are 12 people that are going to be writing chapters. As Sam mentioned, he's got a chapter. I've got a chapter. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what everybody else is going to put in. Talking about different parts of social justice. We're assigned different things. Mine is systemic oppression. You have? The gospel. The gospel. That's I, I imagine you giving yeah. giving that hey, one. I, I am glad because I, I tell you, I can tell people that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day. I can do that all day. I mean, that is my favorite thing. Yeah. And of course, to compare uh, different things um, to the gospel, and if it is holding up those three aspects of the gospel. But but when the world is systemic oppression, Patrick, I'm just curious. Well, you know what's interesting? I was looking at my 18. I like going back to an 1828 Webster dictionary. For, for definitions and terms, so we don't have them filtered over the last couple of centuries. What was it about the time of the founders? Well, the word systemic wasn't even in the dictionary at the time. It wasn't a word, so it's a word that came along afterward. So systemic would mean something that's kind of infiltrated a whole system, whatever system we're talking about. If you're talking about your body, then you have systemic cancer. You've got cancer spread everywhere in your body, mm, okay. so that's systemic. So oppression, of course, is people being oppressed by those in authority above them, um, being abused, unfairly treated, um, you could say enslaved or whatever. There's a whole bunch of things that you could be oppressed over. So you're specifically targeted as a, as a, a group of people. Um, it could be by skin color, it could be by behavior, whatever. So the claim is that out here in the world today, there are many groups that are being systemically oppressed, both by government, by society, and within the church. This is something they're now claiming is happening in, in the church. So you have it going on in society, therefore it must also be happening in church, because ultimately our civilization is founded on Christianity. So when you go right back to it, this is an attack on Christianity. So basically, uh, what your chapter is going to be about is that it's a culture, social justice breeds a culture, of oppressed versus oppressors. Yes, a very fundamental, foundational idea with Karl Marx. Karl Marx, who started Marxism, the different ideologies affiliated with his name, uh, namely socialism, communism, and their offshoots, Nazism, fascism. These are all Marxist ideas. They are very similar. I know that they like to portray these as kind of uh, the socialists and the communists against the Marxists and the not or the fascists and the Nazis. They're all basically the same thing. They're just different flavors of authoritarianism. Right. Well, you can find out uh, more about this book at Social Justice Book. Social Injustice. Sorry. Social Injustice Book. <laughs> Dot com. Once again, that's socialinjusticebook.com, and you can pre-order a copy there, and if you use the code SAM or Patrick, it doesn't matter to us which one you use. We but, just want you to use one of them. Right. You need to use one of them. Because and, you need this book. Right. And you will get a free audio version of the book if you type in that code. So go ahead and put in code SAM or Patrick. I would choose SAM because it's three letters. It's easier to spell. Yeah. Now... The audiobook. What is this audiobook? Well, I, uh, from what I understand, everyone who writes a chapter is going to read their chapter and oh they're going to uh, put it together. That's th see, this is why my chapter is much shorter than Patrick's. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking ahead. I was going, oh boy, I don't want to have to read for that long out loud. I need to cut down my big words. I don't know how to pronounce. I did think about that. I, I went through and I was like, do I know how to pronounce all these words that yeah, I put in there? And I have to go in there and I, tutor myself on how to pronounce words. You know, there. I mean, there are a few big ones in there like and and the, but I, I think I got them down. Pretty big. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, now I'm probably gonna really mispronounce a word when I'm reading it. And people we can remember. edit it though, so yeah, see, that's, that's the great thing about editing. But uh, but anyway, go ahead and go to socialinjusticebook.com. Once again, it's socialinjusticebook.com. Pre-order this. It should be out at the end of summer. Uh, we're looking about August is what I'm thinking here, early August, uh, maybe middle of August. It, it could be July even, but but we're going to tell you August right now so you don't get too much hopes up. I'm really excited about this book. I, I, I want to read it. Yeah, I really do too. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. about it. Um, but, but we've been looking here today at the Shining Light Podcast about the idea of egalitarianism, complementarianism, and authoritarianism. And we just got done talking about ruling your own household well. Now, I want to point out uh, a passage of scripture that really talks about the, the husband and the wife's relationship. Of course, that means it's within the family. But this is in Ephesians chapter 5. I want to point out some misconceptions about this and point out what the scripture is really saying. But it starts off in verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 5. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does uh, the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, this is really where I think we can see egalitarianism, uh, complementarianism, and authoritarianism by what people think this passage of Scripture is saying. I think egalitarians, they might, well, what is something they might say about this, Patrick, this this passage. How might they interpret this passage? It's, it's. I have a hard time understanding how they interpret things like this. Well, I, I can tell you exactly how they do. They go and they take scissors and they cut it out of their Bible. Yeah. And they throw it away. Yeah. So, the best thing to do in that situation is they just kind of don't talk about it, don't ignore it. So you don't hear a lot of biblical, when people are talking about egalitarianism as far as this sort of thing goes, you don't hear a lot of biblical arguments about it. You hear about how God's love and he doesn't want men lording over women. And, and it does talk in there, you know, we're to love our wives and that sort of thing. But they they seem to think that this means an equal opportunity, but equal outcome. So the opportunity of, of say, leading a women's ministry, okay, that's a good lead in. I can, that's what Beth Moore used to do, right? Mm -hmm. And now she's decided it's time to move up, and um, there's there's rumors that maybe she might be SBC president someday, Southern right. Baptist Convention president. Right. So, but yeah, it's it's more of an emotion type of thing, and it's based on the worldly opinion. It's not based on the Bible. Right. But then also, uh, you have the other side, which is authoritarianism. Now, mm -hmm. they kind of, they see some things in this passage, some authoritarianism. Well, as we looked at it, there, there's kind of two sides to authoritarianism now today. But the classic authoritarianism is that the husbands go and they say, speak, and the wife 
uh, does. You know, the husband says jump and the wife says how high. Yeah. Now, that's not in this passage. In fact, the, the best marriage advice that I ever got was uh, somebody who came to me, and, and I'll go ahead and give him a shout out. He listens to the podcast once in a while, I know, uh, Pastor Larry Craig. And he said, look, before you get to Ephesians 5.22, you got to read Ephesians 5.21. <laughs> and Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, the husband submits to the wife, but he does so by loving her, by leading her, but specifically by leading her in what's best for her own interest. Because he's submitting to her it doesn't mean that he is under her authority, and it doesn't mean that he is going and also uh, not leading. It means that he is leading, but he's leading for her interests and he's leading because he loves her. Does that kind of make sense there? Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense because it's a self-sacrificing sort of love. It's a true love. It's a deep love as God has for us, as, as Christ showed for the church. It talks about that. But also, what, what sometimes men will do is they like sound bites. They like these quick hitters. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. There you go. I'm in charge. I'm the dictator. Because that's easy to remember right. and it's easy to say mm -hmm. and it starts off... But you got to read further to see what that means. And like what you're talking right. about, it doesn't mean you're the dictator. Right. It doesn't mean that at all. What it's getting at, the idea, in fact, that the whole goal is that she would be uh, presented as spotless, blameless, all these great things. And so it's the idea of she is presentable in, in, in a good way. You're leading in such a way that she looks good. Now, husbands... And you respect her. Right, right. Now, husbands, understand this. The correct answer is always that your wife looks good. <laughs> that is always the correct answer. Yes. Uh, but here, Patrick, uh, can, don't you think you can really see the complementarianism there where the husband is leading, the wife is submitting? If somebody wasn't leading, then nobody could be submitting. And if somebody wasn't submitting, then nobody could be leading. I mean, you have to, it's two different things, but it's equally as important, right? Yeah, it, it, yes. And it, it kind of, just now when you were saying that, it reminded me back in Proverbs where a wise man seeks good counsel. Mm -hmm. And there's no better counsel than, of course, the Word of God, prayer, but your wife. If, you, if you've chosen a, a wise, if you've chosen wisely, you've got a good wife, a wise wife, you should seek her counsel. Right. And I, I mean, you really think of the Proverbs 31 woman, that's somebody you want in your corner. Yes. That's somebody you want giving you advice. And I, I mean... I know I go to my wife all the time for advice. Uh, you know, I, I ask her, what shirt should I put on every morning just about? Oh, my. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that's a yeah. funny thing. But but really, really, we, we do we do talk things out and, and different things like that. Well, you know what? There's times, and this has happened with my wife. Like, I, I've got a pretty good idea. She comes at a different point of view. As I think about it, I'm going, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Because mm -hmm. I would have made a poor decision had I not listened to her. And sometimes I don't like hearing what she has to say. Right. But I'm smart enough to consider it. And then I go, boy, that's a good thing that I listened to her. So initially I don't like it, but I'm sure glad I listened to it. And that's that's how the decisions are made then. Because she has an insight in areas that I lack. And, and we're to complement each other. Mm -hmm. So she has her strengths and I have my weaknesses. Her strengths will cover my weaknesses and vice versa so right. together it's better to have the two of us discussing 
Right. And, and this is how you can know that both uh, me and Patrick have absolutely wonderful wives because yep. we don't have very many strengths. So as our strengths and weaknesses <laughs> overlap, that means our wives have to have an awful lot of strengths. That's for sure. Uh, but I, I think that's about all we got time for today. And, you know, I, I don't think we got ourselves in too much trouble. I hope not. If we kind of, if we do the next few podcasts, like we make some excuse, like the, the we didn't plug the the uh, camera in again it's probably because we got bumps and bruises we're healing from right we don't want to like the frying pan hit us yeah so uh well for the shiny light podcast this is pastor sam and patrick no compromise with evil wyatt have a great day and be complementarianisms yep isms complementary ends yes ends yes yes there we go ends better than ism that's right you hear him talking about evolution